Hello everyone, welcome back to the Time In Podcast. Today we are on episode 24 and we will be interviewing two of the members from the band Monsters and Movie Posters. First of all, I would like to say hello to my co-host, Bundy, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Not too bad my friend, not too bad. Just before we introduce the boys, could you give us a little plug for Rogue Energy my friend? I can indeed. Rogue Energy is, um, simply put, the best energy alternative on the market. Alright, And to make it even better, if you go on www.rogueenergy.com and choose anything at all, go to check out and use code TIMEINPODCAST, you'll get 10% off. That doesn't matter if it's your first purchase or your hundredth purchase. Doesn't matter if it's one pound or a hundred pound, you're getting that ten percent off, all right? Is that on so, all products, Bundy? All products. Lovely. All products. Lovely. Yeah. Um our second sponsor is Crusoe Rum. Crusoe Rum is a new spiced rum to the market, which is based from Fife in Scotland. A very, very smooth and liquid. Not only good with a choice of mixer, um, also variable in cocktails, but very good straight on its own. Ian Brown, who supports us, uh, has been really good. And if you like that sort of Sons of Anarchy-esque branding, it's a really good gift idea for Christmas. Um, we are, again, we say this every week, we're working on a discount code. Uh, things have been quite difficult over COVID, unfortunately, but we will get to that ASAP. So please check them out at londondistilling.com. The spelling of London is L-U-N-D-I-N, not L-O-N-D-O-N, in the traditional English fashion. So, all plugs out the way. Let's introduce the boys. So, first of all, we have Grant, who is the drummer for Monsters. Grant, would you like to say hello? Hello, I am Grant, and I am the drummer for Monsters on Movie Coasters. <laughs> Lovely, Grant. Grant, what are you drinking? Uh, right now, just an Iron Brew Extra. I'm taking a break from the alcohol at the moment. Taking the it easy. Diet. Ah, okay. Doing a lot better than myself, and we'll see what the other guys are drinking in a little second. <laughs> and secondly, we have Sam, lead guitarist for Monsters and Movie Posters. Sam, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you. It's good to have you, Sam. What are you drinking? Um, I've just moved on to the old Disserano and Coke. Oh, a wee Disserano and Coke. Lovely. And finally, Bundy, what are we on this evening? I'm going to guess a cider. You would be right, and it's actually Angry Orchard Hard Cider, because I'm hard as fuck. Um, improves wee man syndrome. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, what can you do? I am going to not sound like a snob. I am drinking a newly released dark rum that isn't Crusoe, unfortunately. Sorry, Ian, if you're listening. Uh, I am drinking uh, the House of Elric's new dark rum. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, House of Elric was actually um, the first ever Scottish brand to win Dragon's Den. Random mm. fact of the day. Oh. So, yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into all things Monsters. So, um, guys, do you want to start off and tell us what Monsters is? How did it start? How did you come together? And um, we'll see where we go from there. It's probably best I answer that question, uh, being one of the remaining founding members of Monsters. Um, it started quite organically for me. Um me and Douglas, the the lead, the front man of our band, the lead singer, guitar player, we've been doing stuff for since we were around fourteen, and we'd just done something for him solo EP. I'd, I'd produced it for him and then played bass on it and then picked up a kit, and that was my first time ever playing the kit on anything that was recorded. And then that came out, and he went, "Don't know if I like the solo thing. I want to do a band thing. Um, I don't need a bass player. I need a drummer. Could you learn how to play drums?" Six months later, headlined in Edinburgh at Henry Cellar, having absolutely no clue what was going on, hadn't been on the city gig circuit. And it all just kind of came from there. Douglas had a bank of songs that he wanted worked up stylistically. He came to me. And then we've obviously gone through our separate changes. We've had my brother come in, who is the, the fourth member, um, besides Douglas, Sam and myself. Um, he came in around 2012, and then Sam was the latest addition to the lineup in 2017. Sam, uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe 2016. I think it was it was off the back of the second album. We were touring the second album, and we we had second guitars recorded. We didn't have a second guitar player, and I'd known we'd we'd shared a stage. You were playing in Columbia. We'd shared a stage as bands. Oh yeah, I remember we, that? Yeah, yeah, we reached. And out that was in it. Edinburgh. In Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say you get Columbia as in like as in like Columbia, Columbia, or like 
Like I knew, I knew this was going to come up. I, I, I knew I'm, I'm, come I'm up. picturing you and Sam playing to Pablo, Pablo Escobar and his hippos at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I am in another band, I'm in another band, and uh, it's just coke. That's all it is. Makes sense. Pile, piles of coke everywhere. <laughs> But I'm assuming that Columbia is like a venue. Is that, is that am I right in saying that? It's the band name, Bundy. It's the band name. Right, my mistake. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so, a, I, I'm a novice. So, so before, though, sorry. Yeah. So, so Sam, how how did you end up? Did did Grant come headhunt you? Did he message you? What what happened? How did you end up, monsters? So, I think it, it does go back to when we met in college, and just in the kind of the reception area actually I remember more than anything mm-hmm. and um, it turned out we knew a few, some of the same people and then I knew he was in a band we kept in contact through college he started doing gigs with his band and then like you said I supported them for uh, it must have been yeah, an album maybe not EP launch I think it was a fundraiser oh. for the second album. Oh yeah, that's right. A fundraiser in, in a little bar in Edinburgh Art School College campus. And um, yeah, it came from that. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to come to a couple rehearsal sessions. And uh, I, that's where it sort of started from, I reckon. Nice, nice. If my, if my memory is correct. Yeah. See these days. Sorry, I was just going to say, see these days, say anything, uh, because I saw, just disclaimer, I know nothing of the music scene at all, right? But whenever someone says, like, oh, I went to rehearsals with a band, I imagine, like, like the like a judge a judge panel, <laughs> just Grant and the other two, and you're like, right, and now open it's the It sort of felt like that. I mean, I knew, having known Grant, but I, I knew Grant as a bass player, which is bizarre, because he's, drum, he's the drummer in this band. And, um, yeah, kind of going into a room, I don't think I ever knew his brother on bass. I don't think I'd ever met Douglas. And if I did, I don't remember. <laughs> um it was yeah, it was it was quite daunting, but um it kinda it did kinda come naturally and uh, when you when you're in the he- rehearsal room for the first few sessions and then the singer of the band, it's his band essentially, kind of looking over at you, raising the eyebrows, going, hmm. This is cool. <laughs> so it, it did work quite well, and then yeah, I brought some good ideas to it, and then it's a good it's a good bond between the four of us, and it, it works quite well. Yeah, I think um, obviously I've known monsters from the start. Obviously, growing up with Grant, and the big difference when you actually came on, Sam, the difference in obviously guitar quality, but almost bringing it into oh. I do, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it gave it a kick. Um, it just yeah. gave it. A, I gave it some real life. Um, added another layer. Added another layer, right? Okay, we could go down that route. But I think also as well, you kind of energised the guys as well because I think, um, hopefully, Grant doesn't mind me saying, but Grant's drums quality increased dramatically. I think, uh, and I think these are quite a strong unit now, and you can tell the difference. Um, mm. So it's it's pretty cool. See, just before we go into what Monsters' sort of style um, as a band is. If you guys got any sort of real idols or people that really got you into music, um, start with you, Sam. Uh, so, well, I mean, for me growing up, I always, like, if you're going to go right down as an idol, my brother is seven years older than me and he could play guitar. I've sort of just, I got to that age when I started getting into music and then, but around that time, Alex, my brother, he could, he was already playing, and I didn't really pay any, any attention to that. So um, when I started clocking into music and getting really into it, I looked up to him because I wanted to play. He tried teaching me, and I put it to the side. I could never get it. And then one day, I did start picking it up, and I was always saying, oh, can you play this? Can you play that? And he could play it, and I couldn't. And I really struggled. It really annoyed me. It pissed me off. And then, so for me, that was my first idol was looking up to my my brother who could play and because uh, to me that was incredible and then once I started getting more established and kind of got better than him um, I was into like 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like, I grew up listening to it. So, Big Love's for me, Oasis. So, seeing No Gallagher, the way he wrote songs, I don't know what kind of way you want to go for idols, but songwriting and playing, mm. they're two different fields to me. But looking up to No, he just wrote hits. You don't even like have to like Oasis, but you know one of their songs. Yeah, definitely. So, um, that's sort of at least some sort of prolific nature of how successful their songs are. You can hate them, but you know them. Um, but then I started diving into a lot of more of my dad's music. I'm a big, big fan of 70s rock and guitar players from the 60s, 70s, 80s, Zeppelin, Jimmy Page, all that nonsense. So, yeah, those are... If, if they can play guitar and they can, they can give it big licks, I'm a fan. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Don't, oh, don't, I... don't, don't. You made me cry. <laughs> you actually recent, made me cry. That is a recent loss. Yeah. What about you? All you got to do is jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam. What about you, Grant? I think you must have pretty similar vibes to Sam and the whole brotherly loot. Oh, yeah. Um, not that I would ever admit this to him, but Stuart, my brother Stuart was a huge example just because it sounds daft, but when you're... 10 years old and you know like for me i was 10 years old and i was just i was happy that my first cd was like a lincoln park cd and i wasn't <laughs> interested in anything outside of that but then sure before it actually dovetailed quite nicely um his time with the first band he was in pink fuzz he was bringing home a bunch of stuff that they'd recommended to him which was like blood sugar sex magic by the chili peppers mm, and like an some of the early incubus stuff which to this day I can still go back and listen to and love. And he was picking up the stuff he was picking up on the bass. And I thought, that's really cool. I like that. And then when he wasn't looking, I'd pick up his bass and I'd start to try to play it like the way he did. And then because I'm left-handed, which is an interesting fact, I'm left-handed, but I play all my instruments in a right-handed way. I'd start playing bass right-handed and sure it was like, well, no, this technique, you do this and do this. And then I realized the whole style I had was copied off of what he was doing which was then, we can get into it later if you want, but ultimately one of the reasons why he ended up joining Monsters. So yeah, like stuff like that. Um, when it came to joining Monsters, if you're going to talk about idols down that route, a lot of the things I started listening to were stuff along the more indie route, because I was obviously doing something very different before then. So I started going down the route of like a Travis. Um, I went down the route of... I did listen to, it's not something that sticks with me. They're good albums, but they're not favourites. But I was heavy down the route of Snow Patrol and some of the earlier Coldplay stuff because I knew this is stuff that Douglas was a fan of. And because I was trying to pick up drums, I really needed to know the kind of vibe that he was going for. And he was really into doing covers of stuff like Coldplay. So that was where that all started. But it's diverse. A lot of stuff I'm listening to now is obviously quite different. But I would definitely cite blood sugar sex magic is a heavy influence for a lot of reasons mm. nice no that's uh quite quite a mix of music but it's uh it's really commendable he's both speaking about your brothers um in that way and i think it's really cool to see that obviously stuart's now the bass player within the band um bundy do you want to interject and ask some things about the sort of heritage of the band and what sort of genre they are and whatnot i do but at the same time i also just want to say that it's, it's funny because obviously I, like I know Grant through Craig, um, and then obviously I've got to know Grant through speaking of Grant. But I, so I had I had known Grant as a drummer, um, and then obviously when I learned that he played bass because he literally played bass in a Discord call, and I was like, what? <laughs> like what? Um, but it's funny because then you you say like Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I would argue that Flea is probably one of the greatest bass players of all time, and it's just oh, interesting how sure. you how you would say like. Him because at any time, any time I listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though I played drums and drums are probably my favorite instrument, like, like for me, I would a hundred percent like be like, oh my god, that bass. So it's kind of cool how you like, even though you are much more musically talented than me, we also have like a kind of like same kind of viewpoint on the chilies and fleas as a basis, which is quite cool. But anyway, um, yeah. So the question that I had was obviously. We kind of know how you guys kind of know each other and, and, and monsters slightly, but in terms of like monsters and the music that monsters make 
what is that? Because if, from as far as what Grant's told me, or like previous, it's quite an interesting style. Uh, the problem, <laughs> the problem is, we get this question a lot, and it's hard for me to. It's hard to answer what exactly we were because I feel like it's changed album to album. I mean, hmm. there's a whole album that we did, our first album, which isn't even on the internet anymore, for the simple reason that the very early iterations of the band were very different. Like it was a lot of acoustic guitars and keyboards. And then we tried to go down lots of other routes. I know when Stuart was asked to join, we'd just done a single that was heavy into drum machines and synthesizers and I was playing the bass. And can you still hear me? Because yeah, yeah I'm just here. listening. We're just listening. Um, I was playing the bass on that demo and then we really couldn't figure out what we wanted to do. And that was when I did that classic thing of big brother, I need your help. Because <laughs> what we decided was if we're going to go down the route of starting good, because we'd never had a bass player up to that point. It would literally mm -hmm. just been drums, acoustic guitars and keyboards. And we hadn't really figured out what we wanted to be. So I called Stuart and said, listen, we're going to need a bass player. I've just put bass down on demos. The logical thinking was that, and this is the kind of route that we've always went down because we've had a couple of people join us on stage, but they've never joined fully because it wasn't really, we always go to people that we know because it's more fun that way to introduce someone that you already have a close relationship with because this isn't our job. Like we love doing this and obviously we put music out there and if it does well, that's fantastic, mm. but it's not any of our jobs. It's like, and at the end of the day, you're talking about something that costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of your time, mm. put a lot of effort into it. If you don't love it, you're not really necessarily going to want to do it. Yep. Also, talks. just to say though, if you're if you're asking people that you know, can you play? Can you do this in the band? Can you come and join us in this band? You're asking them because like, you you trust them. It's easy them easy to talk to. You can tell them off easier as well if you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're bringing in a stranger, it can it can really change like big dynamics there. But yeah. But yeah, that was exactly. Which is the, which helped us when we got Stuart and helped us when we got Sam. But realistically, like I said earlier, the style I was playing was the style that Stuart taught me. So I was like, well, if this is the stuff we're playing, we might as well go to the source. He's an, he's a much better at doing it than I am, and he can come up with that style creatively. That was when he came in, mm, and that was yeah. So I was just going to say because because um, I seen on Spotify, which if you go into Spotify and type in "Monsters on Movie Posters," you can find um, the actual songs themselves. But anyway, um, <laughs> I seen I, I seen that I seen that on there. Um, obviously, like uh, like in like the kind of bio section, it's it's kind of described as folk songs with a bit more punch that you can dance to. But I wasn't sure like if that would be with something that you would necessarily agree with because I don't know who writes that song. <laughs> That wasn't written by us. Um, I mean, no, was... it, it didn't say half band, half car crash, did it? <laughs> it didn't. Wait, Although, that's a story, but we'll get to that. That's, that's a bio you know was written by us, by the way. Half band, half car crash is what we call ourselves. All the other stuff know. that sounds professional is probably a bunch of stuff that I've taken from other people and put together. Um, it, it definitely is that now. And then when Stuart came in, that was when that started. Mm -hmm. So when you could say that when Stuart came in, we became the sort of conventional rock band mm. that was when it started being a rock band but we still did weird stuff so like mm. on the first album it was all about doing like little weird things that no one would expect mm -hmm. when Stuart came in the first stuff we did after that we still were like a glockenspiel could go in here nicer than the guitar or what if i stick <laughs> that bell in there and if you listen to dead legs like it, our album goodbye dead legs if you listen to it you might not necessarily know but we were always like this is just a rock song what can I do that's weird? So I was like, let's put the guitar in reverse. So we put the guitar in reverse. We'll figure out how to do it live later. But we did that. And so we were like, we'll change again. And then when Sam came in, we did Any Joy. That was when I found something that I think worked. That was the that was the folk songs that you could put punch to. And the only reason I agree with that statement is because I remember the initial demos for Any Joy were nothing like the end versions because we got they got given to the three of us and it just became i guess bigger or wider mm. in sound i don't know if sam agrees with that no i do i mean i remember hearing those demos i mean you, they get put into a, a google folder a google drive mm. and um it's like oh, here's some songs i wrote what do you think if you don't like them who cares it's basically the vibe and um, 
But oh no, they're great. I mean, even for me as a songwriter, you write a song and you can think nothing of it, but the next person go, I've got ideas, big ideas. Mm-hmm. And that happened for, I think there was, in fact, I think all the demos that were put into the folder, I think we used them. Yeah. And then, I mean, I can't remember any of the, the original working titles, but they were incredible. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them were surrounding, I don't know if it was after any joy or before, but that was when we started using the whole JP format. Mm, um, yeah. But then we started losing track of them. So for those who don't know, like an inside thing, we call Energy Juice JP, and we were always drinking Energy Juice on the way to practice. And so then JP just became this running thing. And so all yeah. the demos would be different names that had the initials JP. So there would be like a... Genevieve Petunia. Genevieve Petunia or Johnny Patterson or James Patterson. And then, yeah. But then we started losing track of which JP was that. Because I remember I was like, I think I like Genevieve Petunia. No, it's James Patterson. James Patterson, <laughs> the one that I like. <laughs> But for any 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 monsters fans that are listening, um, a good um, background of um, there's a song original title was called the Bulgarian. The Bulgarian rhythm. It, it went, Bul- yeah, yeah. It was the Bulgarian, then it was the Bulgarian rhythm. Yeah, and which then... I, I still love that t- as a song title, but we dropped it for a logical reason though if i remember rightly well the song became language death that's the name of the song now yeah and it's written about a girl that that douglas was obviously in a relationship with and he was in love with who was from bulgaria and the whole idea was that rhythm of conversation between the two of them and like what language do you love me and etc but the problem is that the bulgarian rhythm is a real thing and because i'm sitting there playing a rhythm to that song that is definitely not a bulgarian rhythm we were worried that like people would be like that's not true. That's false advertising. Mm. So we were like, we can't use that title. I take it. So uh, uh, just again, this is just curiosity for me. But is is uh, is the Bulgarian still around? Is is this Bulgarian female still part of um, Douglas's life or what? N- no, I doubt so, it. I doubt <laughs> it as well. So the then... reason most of the songs that are written for Monsters Back Catalogue, few of them aren't. Like uh-huh. I know, Stabbed in the Shins isn't. Okay. But um, there's a lot of them are written about Douglas's experiences and his love life. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Because that's where that's where I was at. What I was kind of alluding to. Because a lot I find that a lot of songs can be written about love life, but you tend to find that there's only so much you can write about, and it's usually about being in love and then not being in love anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of like, do you know what I mean? Because you get people who will have like an album that's been released and and everything's really like upbeat and happy and it's love songs that you can like relate to and that's fine and then you've got your sad love songs which are like when you're going through a breakup this is what you listen to kind of thing so and that can and things like that especially if that's the person who's doing the songwriting in the band that can have mm-hmm. quite a, a, a an interesting change in, in dynamic and direction with bands sometimes which yeah. is why i was thinking i wonder what's happening with that but yeah i think the biggest it's... thing about douglas as a lead singer is that um for anyone who hasn't listened um, make sure to check them out obviously but he sings with emotion um, he's such an emotional singer and throughout a song like it's not just one emotion he'll go through, you can hear numerous variations of things that he's feeling mm-hmm. um, and yeah he, he tells a story with his singing, he definitely tells a story and I think that's where that kind of folk genre is a good way to describe monsters in my opinion I know you guys might think differently but because he's telling a story with such emotion within his voice um, I think I think it works and I, I think it's fair to say guys that a lot of the songs have been quite emotionally led due to Douglas's love life I think that's fair to say because there is a lot you can tell is about lost love I think so I mean I think with um, you're talking for, for Douglas the, he's a singer and he writes all the songs He's writing these songs without a band in mind, you know. He's writing all these songs on his acoustic guitar, mm. and they 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 can be, they are, they're quite deep and personal songs. If you if you can really dive into the lyrics and if you can relate to them, then of course that's, that's it can be a personal song. But um, once you take those songs away into a band, it can change the emotion of a song. Mm-hmm. I think the best example of that is probably Art School Dance, for example, which is arguably our poppiest song. It has the most punch, it has the most drive. But the original version of that doesn't sound like the yeah. version you hear on Spotify or 
but if you listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are still there. And yeah. he talks about how he wanted the girl to suffer with him because he didn't want her to leave, even though she wasn't happy. Mm. And that's there. But you wouldn't know because if you're not paying attention to that, it's just a song with a banging four to the floor. Go, go, go. Yeah. It's interesting because I think, like, just like a, a many, many good bands, like, and for example, I'll just use Kings Leon example, right? So Kings Leon and, and actually Red Hot Chili Peppers going back there, a lot of their, like, fans have always been like, oh, yeah, the first album's the best album or this album's the best album because they do change in terms of the way that, like, they write music and the way that they play the music and, and some not the genre doesn't really change too much, but the music itself does. And I think that's something that it sounds like you guys are kind of, have went through that, gone through that, or going through that, depending on kind of what stages are at at the moment, because it sounds like obviously from each album and listening to said albums, you can hear a difference in in the kind of music, which I think is a good thing because I I, I hate it when you just have a band who just have one that one kind of way of doing music and that's it. It's it's always I think the progression in in music is probably one of the best things about it because, like you said, Sam, like Oasis. I could listen to Oasis' albums uh, yeah. from, from start to finish, and I can tell you for a, a, an absolute fact that not one of those albums are the same. They're similar, but they're not yeah. the same. And I it's think like... um, what you're touching on, for me, I'm a bit of a bastard of music. If you think a band's first album's their best album, um, I'm going to have an argument with someone. <laughs> but um, for something like um, Off Topic, Oasis, yeah, they didn't. They never like reinvented the wheel. They stuck with it, mm-hmm. but you can listen to their progression and go, "Well, hold on, their sixth album, it's actually nothing like their first album." Mm-hmm. Although it's they're playing the same four chords. Yeah, it's just I a think, gradual change. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the most interesting thing because you, st- and that's the difference because you get I think some. The word is, I think the word, the word is maturity. It just kind of yeah. gets, it gets older. It kind of, they get wiser. The music, it's what's around them, even though they're playing the same old stuff. Yeah, and I think that's one of the one of the, the cool things I like about music. So, guys, I need to ask the car crash story. <laughs> <laughs> what, what it kind of it kind of goes into my next question a little bit. Um, it's good timing there, Mr. Craig, it. because um, it was um, three years. Just last week was it? Uh, it was three years just last week. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was this week in fact because um, I remember sending you a message actually. I said Happy Justice Day. <laughs> it was two days ago. Two days ago. Two yeah. Days ago. Well, so what happened? Gonna... What happened? I went grand tickets for this. So funny one. <laughs> I, I, I finally on, I'm on the edge of my seat because I have no, I know nothing of this. So anyone <laughs> listening, I'm with you. Um, well, I don't know if anyone is familiar of the route to um, Fife to Edinburgh, um, but basically, this was. And what was funny about this is we won't go into both. But this is before Sam joined the band. There was another incident with the car crash, but they're always on the way to practice. And the reason that we said Happy Justice Day is because there's now a rule. This form from this, which is we cannot. If you're listening to the band Justice in the car doing anything band related, duck, because it's been twice, and I, I I actually think it might have been the same song, but on the second incident was far far worse. We were traveling to practice, and uh, when we were on the motorway, just coming up to the Miller and Carter restaurant on your way into Edinburgh. Fun fact: it's Queen, Queens Ferry Road. See Queens Ferry Road. Thank you, Sam. It's Queen's Ferry Road. But what was happening was, um, you know, there's a slip road that comes off and there was a lot of traffic on the slip road. So there's actually stoplights to stop cars that are on the motorway to let the slip road traffic come in. Now, we'd stopped, um, but somebody behind us was not paying attention. The bastard. Still kept going at like (laughs) 60, smashed into the back of my brother's car. And we. And I'm in the back. (laughs) Oh, God, you flew forward, didn't you? And you hit your head Smacked off the chair. my head off the seat. I had a big cut across my forehead. Um, my I flew forward, but my problem was that I'd shifted so far forward that my knees dug into the dashboard, and I'm pretty sure like I had a little bit of whiplash. But basically, the car gets punted. Punted is the best word because I mean, sixty miles an hour, it's getting punted forward, and I remember panicking because as the car's moving forward, all I see 
is to my left, because I'm in the left passenger seat at the front, is the slip road traffic still going, thinking if this car goes any further forward, we're about to get smashed again and panicking. And then all of a sudden, we are panicking. Stuart gets out the car on the freaking motorway. Other cars <laughs> have now stopped because they've realised that something's happened. We get out of the car. Um, <laughs> the car is dented. And I mean dented. There's an imprint of the front of this guy's car on the back of my brother's car. <laughs> but what was beautiful about it was the driver got out. He admitted that he'd fucked up. And he yeah. just hugged my brother and just went, I'm really sorry. Is everyone okay? And they just hugged for a minute because Stuart was in shock. We got out, got, went into the middle of the car, um, car, park. car park. We took the car into the car park. Unsure what was happening. My head's bleeding. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Sam, Sam's just sort of standing there trying to figure out what's just happened with his head bleeding. I'm on the phone to the police because the car has automatically triggered a police warning to say there's been an accident. Whilst I'm on the phone because I'm using my brother's phone because he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't speak. So he's, I'll talk to the police whilst on my phone to Douglas, who's now at the rehearsal room. I remember speaking to him. Are you coming to practice? (laughs) (laughs) We might be late. I phoned him. And this, genuinely, this is the tone of his response. I went, it's like, are you there? He's like, yeah, he's like, we've just been in a major car accident. And he goes, right, but you're still coming. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I think so. He's a and passionate I like, I, boy. I, think so. I looked at the guys. I was like, I think so. Are we still going? And they, they're just like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see you soon. And I hung up the phone and I talked to the police. I don't remember going to that practice, but the car was mangled. But <laughs> we got back in, drove to fucking Edinburgh, did the practice, and come home. And I remember getting like the biggest row. I've never, I was like, what was this? We say three years ago. I would have been 26. And I remember getting a row from my mom and dad because Stuart, in his shock, had posted it on online saying, look what just fucking happened to my car. But <laughs> their two kids are just involved in a major car accident. Neither one of us thinks to phone our parents to let them know that we're alive. <laughs> They've just seen this thing saying, oh, the car's mangled. We've been in a major car crash. We're at practice for three hours, not answering our phone. We get home. And we both just get bollocked. No. And, oh, so, so, yeah. so my my question on the back of that, right, is that obviously Grant, you're a big guy, right? Is your brother the same, or is he is he a big guy as well? Or uh, well, we we jumped together. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Sam has answered that with a yes, right? Yeah. So, is are your parents that like because is your dad a big guy as well, or <laughs> no? It's a weird, consistent thing of bucking the trend. My so, dad's like five nine. Stuart went to about six foot, and everyone was like, oh my God, how is he so tall? We don't understand it. And then I go to six five, and we just stopped asking the question. So, because obviously I can just imagine, because I, I, in my head, I had like your dad being a, like, a giant just like you, right? But it's even funnier thinking of a five nine dad saying his six five son being like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 to be fair, my, dad, my dad's a really good guy, but he does have the stern thing down. Like he's, he's like, but he never he never acts angry. He just always does that thing where he's kind of just like, oh, well, that was a bit of a fucking stupid idea, wasn't it? And then he just does that thing. So he's just like, oh, man, you just went in a car crash. You couldn't even phone your mum. What were you thinking, boys? And we're just like, sorry, dad. It's funny, that's exactly <laughs> what my dad would do. He would, he would be like, you didn't even phone your mum. And I've got it in there. I mean, and I was worried. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, as if it's like, like all, he's all, all he's bothered about is the fact that, like, essentially, like, your mum slash mama would have got on to him. That's what's annoyed him. Not the fact that you've been in the crash. Yeah. Anyway, that's just, he's been moaned that and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, that, it, that was sort of the tone. It was like, he's all right. Aye. You didn't even phone your mum. <laughs> I know. We'll this, check if you're all right, but you're getting bollocks. This might be a stupid question, but how did practice go? I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. I know yeah. that I was there, and that was it. Recorded the greatest we, song yeah. of all time, and we, we just have no idea what it is. <laughs> okay. I think we did art school in that session. I think so. Yeah. I think I think that was in the period of. Any joy hadn't come out, but art school had, and we were preparing for the show in which we were playing the new single. I, I do remember. I think I laid down that sweet lead part on um, language death, and um, oh, that was uh, that was the gem that that day. I remember Wh- that. Whilst losing half a pint of blood from your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. 
to be fair, a lot of the stuff that you did on that album had a question behind it. I remember the, the funniest, because this is my funniest memory, probably not for Sam, but it was the last day of doing the Enjoy sessions because we, we did art school way before, but we did like consecutive days, a song a day. Oh, I think I know what you're going to do here. <laughs> and on the last day, Sam left the studio the day before. We finished that track. We were great. But Sam was going off to his sister's wedding. And we were like, are you coming my, back? My, my brother's wedding. That was your brother's wedding, sorry. Yeah. And we were just like, are you going to be all right to do this? And he was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. All we know is the next morning that we come back in, I'm Sam's got Sam's got the glasses on. The hair is like always. Oh, the glasses are on. He's in like he's in classic Sam, fashionable but clearly comfy clothes. <laughs> and he'd written this big solo in which he's constantly ripping up the guitar. And I, I you can just tell that his head was splitting. And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. So he just sits and there's this like big rug in that studio, and he just sits down in the middle of the rug with his guitar sort of hunched over it. I remember just sitting like we took like five takes because he was just like, oh god, this is painful. <laughs> but we got it <laughs> and oh, if anyone's listening end, if anyone's listening he was in pain while doing it but we got there i can just imagine sam being like after the car crash incident not not the hungover incident but after the car crash incident being like yeah nah, that's for some reason i feel like these strings are really well lubricated and really wait, oh that's my blood so like oh wait yeah oh. sweaty palms are sweating and my knees are weak as well. Uh, we know we know where this is going. One question. <laughs> one question I needed to ask, and it, like I said, it kind of links to the car question a little bit. But um, Bundy and I, on a previous episode, spoke about some weird things we've seen people performing live. And to quote that, <laughs> Bundy gave a drummer a dildo, and then he used that dildo <laughs> to play the drums. But that's on another episode. What I was going to ask is, uh, what's the best and worst experiences you've had playing live? Oh, well, this guy gave me a belt away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was you. <laughs> that would be a nice little round trip. I'll let Sam go first because I've got I've got a few. It depends if you want to talk about just the gigs or actually playing the set because um, I have many for both. I suppose on a being on the stage, best and worst. Um, I'm trying to think of the venues we've played. I know we've played Sneaky Pete's a lot of times. Great venue. I think Great. one time, one time I don't think I could hear a single thing I was playing, no matter what the the, the sound guy did. And um, I kept getting electric shocks off the mic and all, because everything, <laughs> everything, everything was just short-circuiting. <laughs> I do so remember I, that show. I've got, I've, I've got kind of a bit of a habit now in Monsters that do... I've got a lot of backing vocals for Douglas and um, I've got this habit of almost pressing my my moustache, my like, my beard, my lips up to the microphone. Now you don't need to do that, but <laughs> it's just it's just what how what happens for me. And uh, I kept getting all these mad shocks. I'd be like, I'd be singing a song and ah, I wanna the fuck <laughs> and then you're getting shocked, shocked in the mouth. And, oh, it's horrible. And so I, said, I, I don't know if that was maybe a, a worse thing because I think, I think maybe the set actually went down quite well, but I couldn't. There's been a few times I've not heard a single thing. And, um, but a good time, a good session. Um, oh, probably we did, um, we, we did a, a headline slot at La Belle and Jail. Oh, yeah. And, um, that was, that was a proper good one, although the sound guy was a bit of a bastard because, um, I don't think I'd ever had monitors or something before. I don't, I don't know. And the guy was quite cheeky with me. So what he was. That show that Sam just mentioned is definitely a highlight. There was a few things about it that are notable. Basically, so art school dance had just come out. And then we were in a green room. So we don't get green rooms very often. Oh, yeah. Hey, bougie as hell. Yeah. That day, we were. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of funny things that happen in that set. All the stories that I'm about to tell you all says that it's one of the best sets we've played, and we've actually filmed live videos of it. That's online somewhere. But we didn't know what was going on. So we'd this guy had come. So the first thing that happened, this guy had come in. The single had like just dropped, and our support act came in and went, "Oh, I heard this this morning. It came up on my Spotify. That song is sick." And we're like, "Oh, great, thank you." But we were sitting in that room stewing because we'd walked into the venue and the venue was quite big. Like it could easily house, what would you say, something like 250 people? We were like, I, I think it maybe got a bit more than that. 
at least at the most, they probably take about four hundred. But that's a big venue. Like we were, we're we like this is just a band that we do. It's our hobby, so we make music and people like it. But it's not playing to four hundred people on a whim because I'm pretty sure we booked it two weeks before, mm. or we'd at least been bumped up to headliner two weeks before. So it was all very last minute, and we'd had to get posters made and. It was stressful because I was it booked through me, so I was getting loads of questions that I wasn't know how to answer. But we turned up, we were in a green room, and we're sitting there stewing, thinking this is either going to go great, or it's going to go shit. But we're drinking this foreign beer, which was surprisingly amazing. But we're I'm all pretty sure there, there was a host and pills in the fridge because Douglas oh, oh, was going oh, all oh. about. shitting and hosting pills, all right. <laughs> Nobody is shitting and hosting pills. Just calm it down. Well, he was he was going on about oh I had this hosting pills for about four years in my flat. I didn't touch it, and I think we went to this we went to a bell and jail, and I think there was a hosting pills in the fridge. Yeah, there was it, there was something, but either way, like we're just taking photos in the mirror, like yeah, we've got a green room. This is awesome, and then it's like all right, it's time for you guys to go outside and set up, and they walk outside, and. I look to the left and all of a sudden it's like that's a shit ton of people. What the fuck? That's a shit ton of people. And all of a sudden I'm putting I and I'm putting, I'm putting my cymbals on the drums and someone realizes that we're playing live. Someone just goes, ooh. And I was like, this is weird. I'm gonna I walk think away I remember say, cracking a ketamine joke at some point. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I, I can't remember. The second part of that was there was a huge applause for the new single, and we we're like, that's great. And all of a sudden, Sam walks up to the kit and just goes Grant I'm fucking smashed and then almost, he just looks at me for like five seconds and I'm like don't really know what you want me to do about that Sam but I uh, about halfway, halfway through the set I think and I was yeah it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks but that show is a highlight I've got the poster framed on my wall it's um, yeah that's a highlight um, worst experience Probably having my clothes nicked. <laughs> Why were they off? <laughs> they weren't <laughs> off, mate. So they were not off. And if you want me to tell that story, I will. But somebody who loosely knew me actually fucking nicked my clothes. Like, my spare clothes out of a bag. Oh, wait. Do I, know, do I know who that is? I don't know. You've probably met them. I just want to say I'm sorry. It wasn't I... you. Literally, what <laughs> happened was... I had this hat. This, did you? Did you? All, all your, all your, all your clothes are gone, but you had a dildo in the bag. <laughs> Bundy's just saying, "I've got you covered. Depends, don't worry." It depends how. It's, it's not like filthy this story, but it does have a pretty sexual end. That's, that's all I'm saying. Go for it. I didn't know this girl that well. I think, I, I think she maybe worked in the same building as me, but she was obviously super keen. Came down to the monster show, and I take clothes with me to get changed into after because you know. 10 song set on drums, it ain't a piece of cake. I'm going to be a sweaty bitch. So I was like, mm. t shirt off, t shirt on. But my t shirt wasn't there. And I was like, oh shit, I can swear I packed it. But I went to get my hat because my hair was a mess and put my hat on. I was like, where the fuck's my hat? I was like, oh, I must have dropped it. So I went to like the area where my bags were. I was like, oh, has anyone seen a hat? I've lost my hat. And this girl was like, no, no. Oh my God. Wait, it I is, it is Sam. Yeah, it is Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was texting saying, is it this girl? And yeah, yeah it is. Um, I, I think I know what happened. Did did she walk in and go, "You can leave your head on"? Head on. <laughs> no, I, huh. I wish. I almost wish that was the outcome. Oh Jesus! Um, but anyway, she was like, "No, I'm sorry, I haven't seen it." Blah, blah, blah. And then she was like trying to talk to me, and she was like there, but I was packing up, and I left. And then the next day, I get this this photo of this girl completely <laughs> naked, just wearing my hat. And she just sent me this text message just saying, what do you think? And my response to that was, I think I want my fucking hat back. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bundy, can I have an oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, continue. <laughs> and then you'd think that at that point, someone would be like, no, I'm not that interested. I then get a video of her using my t-shirt to to clean up stuff. Oh, and nice. I was like, and then she's like, oh yeah, I think that you like this. And I was like, well, I don't, definitely don't think I want my T-shirt back. <laughs> and then, for, for those wondering, just 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 to clarify, she had spilled um, some um, delicious juice, and it was going to stain. And uh, she put some flash with bleach on it on and cleaned up. <laughs> and I, anyway, continue. So yeah, yeah, that's well, yeah. 
Moving on. One final question, though. Was it a nice hat? It was. I mean, and was it's it a mutual. I mean, it wasn't. No, the burgundy one's still mine, mate. I've still got that shit. But this one I'd had since I was like 16, and I think I was like 25 at this point. So I'd had it for quite a while. And mm-hmm. Craig, our mutual friend, it used to be, we have a mutual friend called Ross. It used to be Ross's, and he gave it to me. And I'd had it for nine years, and then fucking stole it. Still haven't got it back. But then I was like, same time, I was like, if I give you my address, are you going to give me the hat back, or are you going to come and kill me? <laughs> Well, you've came to the right place, Grant, because in the Time In podcast, we actually have a Scuddy expert. So if you still have that photo, please make sure to share it with Bundy and he'll help you out with your problem. Yeah, and and just in case, if um, if anyone over the age of 16... I'm, kidding, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but Sam, that option is open to you because I know you're over 16, so if you want to send me those notes then. Uh, uh, moving mm. on. So um, we've got one final point and then... Um, Bundy's got a little question for you at the end, guys. But mm. I know this is a bit of a crystal ball question with what's going on in the world at the moment with COVID nineteen. One thing I actually want to touch on before that is that I think music is more important now than it ever has been. The world has gone to shit. Let's be honest. And I think anything that can bring joy and excitement to someone is a great thing. And I think the mm. arts are getting killed at the moment, especially the trade. Grant and I have spoke a lot of a lot about this recently. Yeah. Um, so we totally commend what you do keep doing it but on that note what does the future hold what's 2021 looking like for you hopefully something um not unfortunately not much to speak of at the moment not as much as we'd maybe hoped i know that i don't mind saying before when we were doing the last shows last september in 2019 we'd had and this is what happens with us is we'll go rehearse for a show and new songs will come out or new ideas will come out there was a good idea back then we got together, what was it? When was it, Sam? July when the lockdown stuff started to ease? Mm. We'd had a couple of sessions or a couple of more ideas had come out and we we film all of our practice sessions so we have all the ideas there. So there's a good bank of ideas to go back to. What will happen with those, I don't know. Um, there'll be announcements coming out soon. I don't mind saying it here because um, we, we all confirmed the date and that was the last thing. Down south in July, um, we were booked to play a festival which we played in 2018 called Into the Wild down at the Hounslow Hall Estate. So we'll be there that weekend. Um, I'm in discussions to do a couple more shows down south around the same time because we had discussions about doing it all as one run. I'm trying to figure that out just now. It's actually easier, believe it or not, in COVID to book shows down south than it is closer to home because they give less of a fuck than we do, apparently. And so, Sturgeon's lost our mind, but let's not get into politics. <laughs> let's not get into politics. But basically... We'll hopefully have no more to say when the world figures its shit out. So will we. Cool. Um, passing over to my co-host Bundy, I think you've got a question for the boys. I do. And I'm, I, I, generally, I'm interested uh, in both your answers here because I feel like it would be a good answer from both of you. So, if you could take any three people, dead or alive, to the bar for one night, mm. who do you take and why? And Sam, we're going to come to you first. I've been thinking about this um, because it's, it's a tough one. I don't know who I would take. It's just a big ask. Three people, one person, I don't know. I would probably take, right? Mm-hmm. Now, hear me, hear me out. I'd love to take George Michael. Okay. Because I enjoy singing. I can sing his songs pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'd love to harmonise with a man. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. That would be cool. And, and I'm a I'm a big fan as well. I mean, I love Wham. I love I love all his soul stuff. Um, I take Phil Collins. Yes, one answer, absolute unit. I agree with that. Because um, that guy, I bet he's got some stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's for three people. Oh gosh, you could pick loads of people. You could pick your um, band. <laughs> there is four people in the band, mate. But hey ho. That's true. I could, I could take them. They'd be there. That's that's one as four people. Yeah, that's pretty um, likely though. Book another show, we'll all be at the bar, so it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit less likely to happen. I, I, I thought I, about um, taking. Now, there's a man called Rodney Sachs. Do you know who he is? He sounds is like that, a porn um, star. What's that? He sounds Wait. like a porn star. He's not a porn, he's not a porn star. 
Um, he's actually the CEO of uh, Monster Energy Drinks. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. He's uh, the South African guy. Yeah, he's a big billionaire. Yeah. Um, billionaire businessman. I take him because I've got some good flavour ideas that I'd want to pitch them. <laughs> now, I drink, sadly, I've been trying to stop for, for a wee while, but I drink a lot of Monster Energy Drink. Not, not because I like the caffeine, I just enjoy the flavour. <laughs> and um, I take him, but if I wasn't going to take Rodney Sachs, here's the the, the deep curveball. I would um, I take my future self to the bar because uh, I'd like to know what mm-hmm. I get up to, so I don't have to do anything. Okay, fair enough, fair mm-hmm. enough. Not to mention it... that Sam's been trying to get that monster sponsorship for the last like three years. Oh yeah, yeah. Constantly we... posting photos of Lewis Hamilton monster on, our, on, on like, Instagram, trying to get a like from Monster Energy. It's just become yeah. a running joke. Rogue, if you're Rogue, listening, Rogue we still sucks, love you. Yeah. Rogue, yeah. If, you're, if you are listening, we love you. Um, Sorry, I was planning to edit to edit it to be like unaffiliated energy drink. Everything sounds like <laughs> You're lucky we're not on camera because I'd have a cannon. On the <laughs> <laughs> I would just I would just Photoshop it. Just be like Rogue Energy. <laughs> just a block photo of the logo. <laughs> right, Grant, you're up. Um. I'll stick to music ones. Like I have some people that actually know what I'll, I'll pick. Like there is one actor I'd love to have a pint with, just because I think he'd be a cool dude to just talk to. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to have a pint with Gary Oldman. I just love Good Gary choice. Oldman, mm-hmm. and I think he'd be really interesting to talk to for just like an hour or so. Um, music, just because he's got a good handle on production and he does a lot of weird stuff, and I'd love to learn from. I'd love to actually have a pint with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park slash mm-hmm. Fort Minor and. And the third person I'd love to have a pint with musically. Um, there's quite a lot of people. I'm not having a pint with you. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I'd have, um, a, I'd have a pint with Ted Bundy. No, 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 no. That's not staying. <laughs> um, thirdly, who would I like to have a pint with? Um, G- Jeffrey Dahmer. Sam, come on, please just pick I, a third person. I will, I, will, I will tell you, right? I said George R.R. R. Martin and got ripped for it. No, that's a solid that's, choice. Though. That's a solid choice. Thank you. I'd be all right with that. Do you know who else I'd love to have a pint with, actually? Because he seems like a cool dude. And I'm going to say it. There's a loads of people I'd love to have a pint with, but I'd love to have a pint with Brian Cranston. The guy just sounds like a mm. lot of fun. Uh, Jesse! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. There's loads of people, but I picked those three now because those are the three that come to mind. Good choices, good choices. Um, before we kind of close, guys, do you want to give a bit of a plug where people can find you if they might be possibly new listeners, never heard of you before? Where can people find you, Samuel? You can head on over to all our social medias with Facebook, Spotify. I think we're on YouTube. I should yes. know that we are on YouTube, <laughs> uh, Twitter, yes, and Bebo. No. Bebo, MySpace, My, MSN, MSN, and we you can peel boxes at monstersonmovieposters dot com forward slash. That website doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a list here, right? I'll, I'll read we them we here don't have quickly. a PO box. I've got a distro list right here from a distribution deal. Spotify, yes. Apple Music, yes. Tidal, should anyone use Tidal? We're there. And <laughs> Amazon Music, well, apparently we're there too. Deezer, apparently that's the thing. I don't even know what Deezer is, but we're there. Um, Deezer, I, I first first time I ever listened to use Deezer, I heard Royals by Lord the first time. <laughs> was I that the only year... time you've used Deezer? <laughs> yeah, that was about a year before that song like dropped and went mega. So big up Deezer. Yes. Um, so just for anyone who's listening, when you're doing your commute on a Monday morning and you're putting on the new episode of the Time In podcast listen to us ramble shit then make sure you jump on to monsters and movie posters and give them a little listen um bundy do you have anything else to ask the gents not for the podcast (laughs) not for the podcast okay (laughs) we will have extended conversation after this um guys i've just got to say sam grant thank you very much for jumping on it's been an absolute pleasure it's been a really good laugh as well thank Um, thank you you for having us man big shout out to Stuart and Douglas who can't be with us Um, 
they're not dead they're not dead they're okay um big shout out to them though i hope they're doing well um bundy i'll pass on the message when i speak to him in half an hour <laughs> bundy i would say thanks for joining but you're always here <laughs> if you got you bundy, got thanks for joining <laughs> bundy anything to add my friend um no, I would just like to say again, the same as you, thanks for joining. Um, Sam, I don't know if you are into this kind of thing, but also feel free to join for Minecraft Monday at any point if you'd ever wish. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that it's been a, it's been a good one. Um, I, I, and also a special thanks to Sam because I heard him laugh numerous times. So he's definitely been behaving. So I appreciate that because I feel your sense of humour is probably just as bad as mine or good as mine. He's <laughs> quite so. similar, actually. He's I can similar. attest to that. I can attest to that. Um, yep. So, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us on episode 24 of the Time In podcast with Monsters <laughs> and Movie Posters. Make sure to check them out. Uh, make sure to check out our sponsors and all of our links as well. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So, Grant, are you uh, missing any clothes? Tango